0: 16, And uh, this is uh, number six in this verse, part in this verse. So we're going to go back in and, Lord willing, the plan on the paper is to get done with verse 25. <laughs> and then we'll spend one, ver- one, service- one study in verse 26 and then about three studies in verse 27. <laughs> so, So we've got about ten parts in this little section here. Uh, as we uh, come here to the conclusion of the book, uh, verse 25, Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. And again, we are coming here to the end of... Can you shut those doors when you guys come in, please? Thank you. Um, When we come here to the end of it, and what Paul is doing is the releasing of the believers to the establishment, to the edification process. And uh, we've been working down through that, and we saw the issue where Paul talks there about my gospel, the personal ownership of it. It's his. Uh, No one prior to Paul ever said this about uh, the gospel. And then, and and again, I'm not going to review all that, okay? We've been through that. So then we come to the and. So my gospel is covered by the book of Romans. And now we're going to move to The preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. And that's the part that we've been diving into, looking at, trying to dissect down, trying to pay attention to, because that's the next step in the edification process. So Romans, my gospel, we get all of that hammered in. Then we come over now into uh, Ephesians doctrine, which is the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. So we've got this this shifting here on what Paul is trying to get into everybody of, hey, you, you guys, you Roman believers, you church the body of Christ believers, you're good to go. You can withstand the adversarial attack. Verse 17 and 18. You're established, you're stabled enough to do that. And but that's not it. There's more to learn, so we're going to move you forward. I'm, I'm releasing you to what you understand the doctrines learned, and I'm encouraging you to carry on. <laughs> okay? So he says, my gospel belongs to Paul. It's, his, it's, the, it's the issue of the revelation of the good news of what God's doing today, and it was given to Paul. And then he says, according to, and again, according to, the blueprint, the diagram, the official code, uh, we're trying to get the, uh, we're trying to enclose the carport. We've been at it for six months now with the city. I'm hope, well, we're hoping to get it done eventually, I'm assuming. But what is it? It's got to be the code. It's got to be this. It's got to be that. Well, you know, it's pretty bad when you talk to one guy, one person. And then you talk to another person. The one person says you don't need photos, and this one says I need a hundred photos. And it's like, would you guys make up left and talking to the right? Make up your mind, you know. And that's really what we've been kind of doing is jumping through hoops. <laughs> but the point is, is what it, it's according to. Here's the guidelines. Uh, by the way, <laughs> in the city of Mesa, we would have been done and enjoying that already because of how they view parking. Tempe doesn't view parking the same way as Mesa. So they say, no, it's got to be th- this, you know. And it's like, come on, just let... Anyway, it's 250 square feet, people. It's not 25,000 square feet, you know. I can It's not the Coyotes Arena, <laughs> you know. Okay? <laughs> exactly. It's like, come on. Anyway, verse, t- verse 25, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation so according to and it's critical to catch this part of verse 25 so we i so we ask some questions okay we ask who is it about right i think we did that who is it about what is this all about where is this going to take place? We're talking about the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. So we're talking about the revelation of the mystery. Who's it about? What is it about? Where? When? And then the, we, we asked two more of why and how. Okay? So the why and the how we're going to answer in verse 27. All right? In verse 27, to God only wise, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. We'll get that in a couple weeks. That's going to be the why and the how. First, we start with the who. Who's it all about? We did this last time. It's the preaching of Jesus Christ. It, 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 come over to, 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 to uh, John 5. as your, uh, John chapter 5. We're, he is everything. And we, we looked, we just, real quick review here from last time. We're preaching Jesus Christ, the person of him, who he is. But we're doing it in a new role, in a new way, in an added way, a different way, how, in an added role that, that was kept secret, now is revealed, and that's what we're preaching. We're not discounting the Old Testament, prophets, prophet scriptures, we're not discounting the earthly ministry of the Lord during the, that's recorded in the Gospels and early Acts. We're not discounting that at all. Actually, if you do that, shame on you, okay? Because what we're doing is, it, it, by the way, we're not replacing that either, that information. That is who the Lord is in what? In his earthly ministry, in what the Old Testament and the Scriptures are talking about we don't dismiss it, we're not replacing it, okay? We saw last time, what did the Lord say? Over and over again, John 5, look at John 5, look at verse 39. What does the Lord say over and over again? All through the the, the Gospels, especially, because that's usually where people want to go back when you say that you preach Jesus Christ. <laughs> they go, oh, let's go back to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We don't do that. We preach Christ, what? Crucified, see, Peter and the boys didn't preach Christ that way. They preached him as who? Messiah. King. John 5.39. Search the scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Down in verse 46, for had ye believed Moses, ye would have believed me, for he wrote of me every time, over and over and over again. Come over to Luke. 24 the Lord Jesus Christ in his earthly ministry takes you backwards to the Old Testament to the prophets Paul doesn't go backwards Paul goes we're going this way here's a new role here's a new here's an additional thing that was revealed it's been spoken of since the world began this information has been kept secret since really before the world began Luke 24, verse 25, Then said he unto them, O fools. Now, the fools there is kind of more of that idea of slow thinkers. You know, what did Israel do? They missed the the connection (laughs) between who was in front of them and the Messiah and and Jehovah of the Old Testament. And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Where does he grab them? Takes them backwards. Verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms concerning who? Me. And then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. Where did he, he just drug them backwards, back to the Old Testament? That's why sixteen Romans 16, you can stick something in there. Verse 25, he says, and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to. That according to here, that's the key. That's the linchpin here. We're preaching him not according to the Old Testament and the prophets and the earthly ministry, the Gospels. Now we're preaching him according to the re- revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest. Now the revelation of the mist. So the who is about is who? The Lord Jesus Christ. But what it does, what the revelation of the mystery is going to do is it's going to reveal a, a it's going to reveal, it's going to unveil. A tremendous amount of information about the Lord Jesus Christ that was not in the prophets. It's not in the Old Testament. It's now revealed. Uh, come back to Romans 11. It's not, so the key here is we're going to preach Christ how? Not prophetically, not Old Testament. But rather, we're going to preach him in a new context, a new way, a new role, an additional way, an additional role, additional. However, you need, we're not discounting the Old Testament. <laughs> Whoa, Sunday nights and Wednesday nights are great indicators that we study the Old Testament. Okay? But we study it in light of what? According to the revelation. The earthly ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. You got Romans 11? Uh, we're going to get over there in just a minute, so just hold on to Romans 11. See, we preach Christ not in the prophetic picture or view, but rather we preach him in that view of the eternal purpose that God the Father has invested in and has invested through his Son. And that's Ephesians 1, 9, and 10. We're going to get there in just a second, okay? The earthly ministry of Christ, the early Acts period... Peter and the boys, Acts 2 and so forth, they go backwards to get their information. They're going back into the, into the Psalms and the Moses, the law, and the prophets to get that issue about the kingdom. What, did, what In Matthew 6, the Lord says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Where? To earth. So where are they coming? They're coming down. You know what Paul's going to say? We go up. They're coming down. We go up. I'm ahead, but we'll get there. Look at Romans 11. So we're we're, we don't uh, we're not we're, we're preaching Christ in light of this new revelation, this new information. Look at 11:33 at the end of this great section of Romans 9, 10, and 11. That building block about what's happening. Dispensational with the nation of Israel, and that you are not spiritual Israel, you are not replacement Israel, you are the church, the body of Christ. Okay, and God is right in doing that and setting that up. The great doxology at the end here oh, verse 33, oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Wow, what a statement! What, 1627, the only wise God. Now watch what he says. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. Now think about that. Can we go into the Old Testament and search out his ways and his judgments? Yes. But Paul uses a word of what? Unsearchable. In other words, Paul. The things that are that were given to Paul are unsearchable. You can't go back into the Old Testament to find any of the information given to Paul at all. You can't find the mystery truth, the dispensation of the grace of God back there. The mystery truth is going to put on display through you and I, Christ is in us, through the church— Through the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the magnitude of God's eternal wisdom, the depths of it, the depths of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. look Look at where this goes and look at what he's doing. And Paul says, I'm the guy. So the who is about the Lord Jesus Christ. Now come over to Ephesians 1. The ultimate manifestation of God's wisdom. It was kept a secret, unsearchable, not known, not revealed until Acts 9 historical in human history, the historical events of Acts chapter number 9. Now look at Ephesians 1 verse 9. Having, and By the way, Ephesians 1 verse um, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, so this is going to be the activity of God the Father. Now, as you go through Ephesians, every chapter contains the three members of the Godhead in their activities and roles. It's a fascinating study. The Father is doing this, verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. So there's a he's got a will, we know that, but there's a mystery component to it that has now been revealed. By the way, this is not the seven mysteries of the kingdom, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's not, okay? You've got to be very careful when you start saying it's it's legitimate to have mysteries within a dispensation, that's what that is, that's Matthew 13, that's the parable, as well as a dispensation that is a mystery. They're not both the same thing. So anyway, I just say that cuz sometimes this comes up. But look at verse 9, having made known unto us the mystery of his will. So his will's not made is not a mystery anymore. According to see that according to <laughs> according to what? His good pleasure which he hath purposed where in himself. You see, the fa- the father's wisdom, a system of hidden truth that concerns what the Father is doing, what God's doing. Well, what is that? Verse 10, "...that in the dispensation of the fullness of times He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in Him." All right? So the who is about the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the center of it all. Now the the second question is the what? What about the Lord Jesus Christ that we're preaching? according to the revelation of the mystery. We're not preaching him according to the Old Testament and the prophetic scriptures, which have him as Messiah and coming king and so forth, Jehovah. But rather, what about the Lord Jesus Christ that was not made known before? It's unsearchable. It's now revealed. Well, what's the Father's will? Verse 10, that out there in the future... The dispensation of the fullness of times we'll get into that that's a great study he might gather together in what in one all things and all things in the context is the governmental structure of the universe we'll talk about that as we go here a little bit but where in Christ whether they be which are uh, both which are in heaven and which are on earth even in him and again I said it last time, I repeat it here again this it's the two realms. Heaven and earth. Genesis 1:1 in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth. Revelation out there John has a new heaven and a new earth and there was no more sea. Oh, that's a great study. <laughs> we'll get down when we talk about the gap theory later this summer. I'm push I'm hoping for July, okay? That's my goal. All right? And we look at that doctrine of intercalation. <laughs> And get into that. We'll spend a whole hour on just that, and so you see what we're doing. And when we get in that thing about the sea, man, there is no sea in Genesis one one. Now, that, but there is a sea in Genesis one two. So that sea is associated with judgment. Anyway, I, I'm, that's future. It, it gets exciting, I tell you. You start looking at this. But what is he doing? He's going to bring those two realms, and he's going to put the supreme ruler, and he's going to make the supreme ruler the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why it's critical to see the two-letter words in here. In, gathered together in one, in Christ. End of the verse, in him. And what's happening here is the mystery Has as its object, come over to Colossians 1, the mystery, the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret? By the way, you need to memorize these Romans 16, 25, and 26. Because when people say, what do you guys preach? We preach Jesus Christ crucified. Well, what's, oh, yeah, well, so do we. No, you don't. We preach him according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. And you just watch the eyeballs go, what is that? Then you bring them over, and what is it about? The mystery has as its object, focal point, the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. The object of the mystery is not you and I. Sorry. The object, Ephesians 1.10, is who? All of it back under the supreme rulership of my Son. He's the preeminent one. Well, look at Colossians 1.18. And he, talking about the Son, is the head of the body, the church. By the way, you're not the focus of it, but you are a part of it. We're heirs of God and what? Join heirs with Christ. So what the father's going to give to his son here, guess who gets it too? We do too. Okay, I I meant to finish that thought there for you. Oh, he doesn't care about me. Yeah, he does care about you. Okay, verse 18. Who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead? Now watch, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the father that in him should all fullness dwell. The preeminence. Do do you see the eminent? Eminence, emperor, the the ruler, the, the, the top guy, all things. Well, what are those? Back up to verse 16. For by him were all things created that are in earth and that are in heaven. See those two realms? Visible and invisible. Whether they be. So all things, whether they be. Here's what they be. Present tense. This is what we're doing. Here's who they be. Thrones or dominions, or principalities, or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Now, we're going to be back up in that verse here in, in, a, in a little bit when we talk about beware. But the point is, is the, the revelation of the mystery is all about the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the focal. He's the ultimate manifestation of the wisdom of God. And he's the one. He's the preeminent one. Come over uh, to Philippians chapter 2. I don't know if I said this. Uh, you get in the book of Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, and this preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began but now is made manifest, it just blows up in front of you. Look at the all, the to God only wise. Look at his wisdom. Philippians 2, verse 9, Wherefore God that's the Father, has also highly exalted him, that'll be the, uh, the Lord uh, Christ Jesus, and given him a name that is which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. Isn't that fascinating? Things. What things? That governmental structure out there. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father you see clearly what's the clearly stated there isn't it <laughs> what's the father's intention according to this wise plan that the father had hidden himself kept it a secret and again when we get down in verse 27 of chapter 16 and we see the why why did he keep it secret well there's a little dude called the adversary the devil Satan Satan. <laughs> And if he had known this truth, he would have what? Not crucified the Lord of glory. See, on the road to Damascus, when the Lord Jesus Christ himself appears to Saul of Tarsus, the most shocked creature in the universe wasn't Saul. It was Satan. Because, uh uh-oh, what did I do? Because here comes Some revealed truth here. According to the wise plan, chapter 2 here, he hid himself. The exaltation is who? The Son. He's the preeminent one. He's the one over it all. Now, come back to Colossians 1. So, who? The Lord Jesus Christ. What is it all about? The revelation of the, the preeminence of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then now the question is, where? Where is all this going to transpire? Where is all this going to work out? Where is all of this going to, where is this going to take place? And that's really the fascinating point here. Look back at Colossians 1. And if you start back up at verse, uh, well, where to start? Verse 9, verse 13. Who? And that's going to be the Father, verse 12, giving thanks unto the Father, verse 13, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. Think about that. The moment of your salvation, what did he do to you? He took you out of darkness and he places you into the body of Christ, that heavenly kingdom. That's what he did to you. He did that by... Uh, by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. Not a water baptism, a spirit baptism. Something, by the way, you don't feel it. It just happens to you. He does it. In whom, verse 14, we have redemption through His blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who, again, the Son, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. So the context is about Who? About the Lord Jesus Christ that's the context down in verse 18 and 19 his preeminence now watch verse 16 for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Now let's think about this very carefully, okay? In kind of in a reverse way. If you look at verse 17, well, you know what, just go back up to verse 16. The two realms, remember Ephesians 1.10, all the things in heaven and all the things in earth, are going to be under one headship. They don't, the two don't become one. The two stay separate. Genesis 1 1 is clear on that. Now the ruler is the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, heaven and that are on earth. Visible. Where would that be? Earth. Okay? Where would the invisible be? Heaven. Where's the physical realm? Earth. Where's the spiritual realm? Heaven. See, you've got this, you've you've got this, this description coming here. And literally, by the way, what he's doing is, is he's telling you and I, members of the body of Christ, why he created to begin with. Just as he does with Israel and why he created the earth to begin with. And then why does he create Israel to be his nation? Where? In the earth. So he's telling us, you know what you're going to be? You're going to be my kingdom, my nation, where? In the heavenly places. Okay? That's why back up there he says, translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Every time you read that word kingdom, don't go earth, David. No. Paul says, hey, I gotta he- there- I'm got getting ready to go to the heavenly kingdom. There's a thing that's going to happen in the heaven out here. And we're the instrument. We're the agency. We're the people who are going to go and be because who are we? Where are, where are we? We're in him. And he's the head of the body. So you, you, you got to kind of catch all the little nuances. He, Paul is telling us that when in Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, when you see that all things phrase... Think not trees and grass and animals. Think government, thrones, principalities, powers, mights, thrones, dominions, uh, rulers, every other name that's named. We'll get over there in just a minute. So what he's doing here is he's telling you, look, we preach Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery. We're preaching him according to this unsearchable, unrevealed truth that is now revealed And the goal of it is to make him the preeminent one over all of it, heaven and earth. That was never talked about in the Old Testament in the prophets. The closest thing that I've seen, and it isn't even there, it's when he tells Isaiah and the boys, I'm going to dip my sword in blood in the heavens. That is nothing about you and I. It's talking about what? Revelation 12, the war in heaven. But that raises a question of why. But you see, Isaiah and those guys, when they wrote that, they didn't say, oh, he's got a a hidden mystery. No, he's something else. My point is, is, from Genesis 1, verse 2, to Acts chapter number 9, the scripture is about a literal, physical, visible, earthly, Davidic covenant kingdom established on earth. Jacob's ladder. He wrestles with God. He looks out there in the vision and sees the ladder. Do you know? You remember the angels? You remember what they're doing? They are what? Ascending and descending. That means everything is stuck here. Everything in that program, in that Old Testament, revolves around the earth. That's why he'll go and look at Abraham and say, your seed, you're my guy, your seed's going to be the guy. And oh, by the way, we're going to have a little thing called circumcision. The sign of my covenant agreement with Abraham. That cutting away of the flesh and the physical. You read in, in, in Jeremiah 31 and you read in Ezekiel there with the new covenant. And what does he do? He pulls out that old stony, fleshly heart. But what does he give him? A new heart physical heart thing it's a it's a bam but then in acts 9 what did he do he's ready to pour out he's standing stephen sees him standing he's ready to pour out and instead he pours out mercy long-suffering grace peace and that's what paul is doing here flip back to ephesians 1 He says, look, guys, God interrupted that earthly program. We don't preach Christ after the flesh. He says that, by the way, in 2 Corinthians 5. Know we him no more after the flesh. Can we know the Lord? Yeah, we can. Sure, it's right there in the scriptures. Is it real? Is it legitimate? Is it honest? Yes, yes, and yes. But the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, says, here's an additional, here's a new role that he's going to play. And that role and that information to get him to that preeminence, that's the ultimate goal, is to have him be there. Ephesians 1, again, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all... Notice spiritual blessings, not blessings. See how he... I, Because we're moving into the invisible realm. We're moving into a different realm here. Spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Now let's think about that. The Abrahamic covenant, Genesis chapter 12. uh, Run back there. I'm saying it. You might as well look at it. (laughs) Just get this in your thought process here. uh, Genesis 12. The first three verses, we see the underlining pretense to uh, the Abrahamic covenant, what's going to be ultimately confirmed to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob and then on out into the nation of Israel as their birth in Exodus. If you will just look at verse 2, or well, verse 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abraham, I I always emphasize the had, this information takes place in chapter 10 and 11 with the Tower of Babel On the scene, so when God goes down and He and He confounds the languages, He has already set up Abraham to be His guy. Had said, it's going to reach back into chapter uh, ten and eleven. Okay, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred. And from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee and I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing and I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curseth thee now watch and in thee shall all families there's chapter 10 chapter 22 he replaces family with nations of the earth be blessed so in the Old Testament, come back to Ephesians 1, in the Old Testament, where am I getting my blessings? Through who? Through Abraham's seed, the nation of Israel. I have to go to them to get what? Blessed. I to, in order for me to receive eternal life and to receive the blessings that God has promised under the Abrahamic covenant to all, I got to go where? I got to go to Abraham. I got, but when I go to When I go into the Gospels, what does He tell the twelve? Don't you talk to no Gentiles. Go not in the way of the Gentiles. Well, what is well? Wait a minute. Now I'm just going to have to happen to be there when He speaks, because He's not seeking me out. See, you follow that? Jesus Christ, preaching of Jesus Christ according to Revelation of the Mystery. You know what He says? Ephesians one verse three. Where is our spiritual blessings? in heavenly places, in Christ. By the way, I missed the word. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. That that means I got everything up front. Everything is in place. I lack nothing. The only thing that I cannot experience in my day-to-day life is my new body, the raptured body. Everything else that the Lord has given me, I can experience right now in time in the day, day, day-to-day of my life. All of it. It's a present possession. It's reality check time. The only thing I'm missing is that <laughs> that getting rid of that old vehicle. You follow? But where is it? It's in heavenly places in Christ. So Paul comes in and he doesn't say go help Israel, go bless Israel, you get your blessings. He says, no, your blessings are in heavenly places in Christ. And by the way, the rest of this chapter, he lays out the big category of those blessings, the the acceptance, the forgiveness, and so forth. Okay? So the focus of the Father in with Paul, isn't on the earth any longer. It's where? It's in the heavenly places. So where is the revelation of the mystery going to take place? Heavenly places. Come down to verse 20. By the way, if the Lord says, thy kingdom come, down here, Jacob's ladder's got them coming down, Paul says we're going where? Up. We're going the opposite direction. That's two different sets of information. And I know what the church at large does, and they try to blend it and spiritualize it and take away an A and add an O and do all that stuff. I get that. But when you just come to honestly look at what, that's two different things. So, so, uh, the, old te- the, the, the information that was spoken since the world began, so Adam was a prophet. By the way, he was a priest and he was a king. Him and David are the only two men that ever walked the earth outside of the Lord Jesus Christ, okay? That walked alive that God didn't strike down who tried to possess all three offices at one time. Because God set those three offices up that not one man would hold them all, but Adam and David did. Very interesting. When Saul tried it, Saul got in trouble. He got a little (laughs) headhunting. Anyway, you're in Ephesians 1. Look at verse 20. I digressed real quick on that one, didn't I? It's <laughs> just stuff that comes through the, the, uh, the minutia of the brain. Verse 20, which he, uh, Ephesians 1.20, Which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand, where? In heavenly places, where? Far above all, principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Far, not only is he in the heavenly places, but he's far above. And then you see him list the positions of authority, the principalities, the powers, the mights. Colossians one, thrones, dominions. There's like seven of them, and rulers over in Ephesians six. You talk about the rulers of the 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 wicked of wickedness. There's rulers. So there's some cla- there's there's order of government government here and what Paul's doing is the Lord Jesus Christ by the Father's purpose by that hidden himself that eternal purpose of his good pleasure he says my son is the preeminent one he's the because he's gonna magnitude he's gonna magnify and we're gonna do it out there in all in the heavenly places, in that governmental structure. And when we do that, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to get the glory. But he doesn't say that like that. He says, my son's going to get the glory. The son says, I, I'm glorifying you. And he, no, boom. See, there's this relationship there. Now, come over to chapter 2 of Ephesians. Or down into chapter 2. Okay, so all of the governmental structure of the universe is what we're is is okay. But what we were so on the earth. I do this real quick on the earth. In the kingdom out there after the tribulation and so forth. In the kingdom. Obviously, the Lord is set as king, the righteous ruler, the just. Okay, David gets resurrected and set as the king over Israel. The 12 apostles are resurrected to sit on the 12 thrones, judging who? The 12 tribes of Israel. The, the, the true Israel of God. Also resurrected at that same time are the, the believers of the Old Testament, Jew and Gentile. Okay, so Rahab, those guys that we see, Jonah, I'm, I'm sorry, Nineveh, that city, that believed, They get resurrected in. The Jew, Jewish members that are resurrected, the believers I'm talking about, okay, Not apostate, but the believers. Because not all of Israel are Israel. All right? The believers. So if if Joe Jew is a member of the tribe of Judah, he's resurrected into who? The tribe of Judah. Jack Jew, he's a Benjaminite. Guess where he's going? Tribe of Ben... You follow that, okay? They're just not, here, go figure it out. They get deposited right in, okay? The Gentile... That's a believer in the Old Testament. He's resurrected as well at the time, beginning of the kingdom. So all of the believers on on the earthly program are resurrected in. By the way, you know where you and I are? Revelation 12, John writes there after the war in heaven, and heaven's cleaned out. He says, all ye that dwell in the heavens rejoice. And then there's a period. Again, that's the closest thing that he would have seen us but we're there. Then he goes, then the next on the the list is those overcomers that come through the seven years of the 70th. They're the ones that are beheaded and so forth. They're resurrected into that special temple worship service and all that. They get moved in. Then the Lord looks over and then he judges the Gentile nations, Matthew 25. You see, there's a lot of stuff going on down here. Where are we? Well, what are we? We're caught up, aren't we? We meet the Lord in the air, don't we? I'm ahead of myself, but that's where we're at. You see, the air. Are you you still in Ephesians? Look over um, at, uh, well, where are you at? In 2? Okay, yeah, 2. Yeah, there you go. I don't know where you're at. I don't know where I'm at. We're in trouble, aren't we? Look at Ephesians 2. (laughs) Look, if you will, at verse 2. Where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to... Now watch. The prince of the power of the air. Prince. Okay? Chief ruler of the power, the governmental authority of the air. The invisible realm who's in charge of everything right now the adversary is so when we're caught up into the air to meet the Lord where are we going into the invisible realm verse 6 and hath raised us up together and watch made us there's that word made guys from yesterday made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus now notice this verse very carefully raised that is a present tense word not i'm sorry past tense okay because it's already been done in the mind of god romans 4 god calls those that things that aren't as though they are okay you, you remember that verse romans 4 Come on. If I can remember this, you can remember. Romans 4, verse 17. It's the the last uh, part of that verse. God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Okay? What are we? We're raised. In God's mind, where are you right now? In Tempe, Arizona. Nope. You're seated in the heavenly places. Now, what a way to think about life for you and I, because we're to have the mind of Christ. We're to think like the Godhead thinks. And where should our thinking be? That's why he will say in Colossians, set your affections on things above. Seek that which is above. See, I know we got to pay the bills and eat, you know, and all that good stuff down here and raise the kids and do all that stuff. I got that. But where? what's our focus? What's our drive? Should be where? Boom, up there. Now, go back to Ephesians 2. He's raised us up. I love this together. Again, what do we do? What this future event for us in reality? Our, I mean, our uh, that the 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 song says when our faith is turned to sight. We got faith right now. We walk by faith, and then that that event we call the rapture. Now we've got sight to it. What do we do? We're, we're uh, verse six made us sit together. Think about that. Sit. God has already installed us into the heavenly places. We are sitting. We're not up, moving around. What are When you sit somewhere, what do you do? You rest. You settle in, don't you? I have my children decided that I needed a hammock. Actually, Rick decided he needed a hammock. And I let it be known down through the... And you know what? You know what we do out there? We go lay down in the hammock. But what can you do? You can sit in it. You relax. You rest. You're you're sitting. But you're what? You're sitting in that seat. You're installed in it. You're there. You're involved. So we're not waiting for anything to happen here on the earth. What are we waiting for? The the sun's return. To, to, we are to, to be caught up. Chapter 3 of Ephesians, verse 10. i got to stay on board here. we got more to go. You see, the revelation of the mystery, we're focused in on the heavenly places. That's the where. And again, in the mind of God, it's a done deal. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, it should be that way in ours as well. God Paul, you, in all of this, chapter 3, if you look there at verse 10, to the intent that now under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. You go over to chapter 4 and, and uh, I'm sorry, chapter 6, sorry, 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places paul uses deliberate language that causes us to never think that our hope and our future is here on the earth but rather to know that our future is where in heavenly places a believing jew would never say i'm going to die and go to heaven in the old testament job says I'm going to walk this earth, I'll see my Redeemer. Even though worms eat this body, one day I'll be resurrected and I'll see my Savior right here on this earth. Paul doesn't talk that way. Paul says, you know where we're going? We're going to the heavenly places. And in 6.12, where is our conflict? In the heavenly places. It is not with flesh and blood. See, There's some spiritual discernment got to happen there. One day in our future, what's going to happen? The son and Michael and the angels are going to go in there and clean out the the, uh, the trespassers, the interlopers, uh, the squatters. He's going to clean all that out, and then he's going to install us. Okay? So who we ta- when we talk about preaching Jesus Christ according to Revelation of the mystery which was kept secret before the began, but now may manifest, who are we talking about? We're talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, what about him? His preeminence. Where is the focus, the heavenly places? Then the last question is really a big one, but we're going to do it in 10 minutes, I promise. That is when was all this revealed? Okay. Now come back to Romans 16, because this brings us to the end of verse 25, and really the beginning of verse 26, but we'll just we'll just leave it here. Okay? At the end of verse 25, he says, which was kept secret, again, kept deliberately, on purpose. It wasn't, oh, man, let's keep this part of quiet and let's not. No, he, he the, the Godhead developed the plan, agreed to the roles and responsibilities, and then the Father says, but, okay, this chapter we're going to leave out of the revealed chapters until it's time. Kept secret, since." the world began. In Ephesians, he'll say it was secret before the world began. Okay? But now is made manifest. So the question then is, when was the system of information first revealed? And again, it's who? The Apostle Paul. Okay? Now, come over to Galatians chapter 1. The first and... (laughs) when the revealed truth, this revealed set of information that focuses in on the Lord Jesus Christ makes him the preeminent one over the universe and is going to focus in on his goal and his activity and his agency in the heavenly places, the first time it ever shows up is with the call, the commission, the, the call, the conversion, and the commissioning of the Apostle Paul. You see that detail in Acts 26, just in case we don't get there, okay? But I want you to notice Galatians 1 with me just real quickly here this morning. In the book of Galatians, in Galatians chapter 1 and chapter 2, Paul lays out a number of certifications of, of uh, resume points that demonstrate who he, what God's doing with him and through him. Verse 15, But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that i might preach him among the heathen immediately i conferred not with flesh and blood now you've got to notice this verse 16 very carefully because of the language used because notice what verse 16 didn't say to reveal his son where in me it doesn't say, to me. See that? It doesn't say, by me. It says what? In me. Oh, completely different now. You see, that little word. Because usually we say, well, oh, he revealed him to me. You know. it, no, it says where? In me. Paul, the chief of sinners, he has become the, the source of, The one in whom and through whom the Father is going to reveal this mystery, this secret about His Son. Again, Christ has been revealed, talked about since Genesis 3. (laughs) Paul says, I'm going to talk about By the way, he was talked about Him as Messiah and Jehovah and King and so forth. I'm going to talk about Him as something completely different. And He's in me. Okay. By the way, not to me. In me. So when we look at Paul, at all of his life and all of those stuff, you know what you're seeing? You're seeing Christ living where? In Paul. In him. Now go back up there to verse 12. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Notice it does not say from Jesus Christ. It says what? Of Jesus Christ. That's critical because we let our language sometimes slip in some of this. And, and you've got to, so in Acts 9, just the historical moment when Christ reveals himself to Paul. The resurrected and ascended on high, far above all, principalities, power, and so forth, the Lord and Savior. Paul says, Galatians 1, you know who he was talking to? Me. He wasn't talking to nobody else. Verse 11, but I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. Think about this. Paul says, you know what? I didn't get this from any man. I got this from the risen, ascended, seated on a... Far above all, Lord, personal. Paul, he's going to get this information personally. Jesus Christ personally reveals himself to Paul. Now think about that. So when you go read 1 Timothy 1 and you see him say, I'm a blasphemer and all that, and he didn't qualify under the Old Testament program, that's why Acts 9 is the pivotal point point. And he says, in me first, you're going to see this. What is he doing? Oh, we'll get over there. I, I, stay here. You're in Galatians 1. He's, he didn't get it from any man. Now look down at verse 16. To reveal his son where? In me. All right. Then the verse goes on. He says, Immediately I conferred not with who? Flesh and blood. Now, drop verse 17, Neither went I up to Jerusalem. Well, who's in Jerusalem? Think about Acts 8, 1. Who's in Jerusalem? Nobody but who? The apostles. So I I didn't go to Peter. I didn't go to the 12. Verse 21, Afterwards I came into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and was unknown by face unto the churches of Judea which were in Christ you know what he says I didn't even I didn't get it from the Jewish church I didn't get my message from any man flesh and blood I didn't go see Peter and the boys and I didn't even go and sit under some James's wings in the little flock the church there in Jerusalem I didn't do none of that Paul certifies here. That's what he's doing. He's, I'm certifying. Verse 11, but I certify you, brethren. I'm certifying here that, you know what? No man, no church, no apostles, no 12, only the Lord Jesus Christ himself personally, directly intervenes in the life of Paul to progressively reveal the details of this glorious Actually, the eternal purpose that God had before the foundation of the world set forth to accomplish, that he kept it a secret, now he's revealing it to the Apostle Paul. Okay? Now, I said progressively, if you didn't catch that, because Paul doesn't get it all dumped on his head at at that moment. Come back over with me to Acts 26. Acts 26. Acts 26, okay, it's progressively going to come. Acts 26 gives us great insight into the event of Acts 9, the road to Damascus event. He said, starts there in verse 13. At midday, O king, he goes down through. Now watch verse 16, because here is what the Lord says to Paul in the, in the light. But rise and stand upon, oh man, well, to spend the time to study why it was a bright light. And Paul, a, a a rabbinical scholar, he knew instantly who that light was. That's why he says, Lord, who art thou, Lord? He knows who he is. Anyway, verse 16, but rise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. All right, pretty clear. To make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and, now watch, of those things in which I will appear unto thee. So what's Paul going to get? Some information now and some progressively over time. Uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 1 and so forth, the other passages. But watch verse 17. Delivering thee from the people, that's unbelieving Israel, and from the Gentiles unto whom, what's that little three-letter word? Now, I send thee. When was he commissioned? Acts 9, not Acts 13, by the way. Acts 9, not Acts 2. When does this happen? Acts 9. I know you got mid-Acts, you got some in 9, some in 13, you know, not, not in Acts 28. Sorry. We're right here. And you're going to go up there, and you know what you're going to do? You're going to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins. You know what that indicates? That indicates on the road to Damascus, Paul got my gospel. He got it right there. He didn't wait for it. Piecemeal, he got the whole thing. And then, and an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. That's the progressive side. Okay? Now, come back to Ephesians 3. Oh, it's time to quit. Okay, Ephesians 3. Give me five minutes. I'll give it back to you next week. Look at Ephesians 3, just real quick. Folks, I'm trying to get so we can get into the next verse, okay? Look at Ephesians 3, look at verse 1. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you who? Gentiles. Clear statement of ownership, isn't it? For think about that. For you Gentiles. Not to you, Gentiles, but what? For you. I'm He's representing what God's doing among. The Gentiles. Paul's the man. If you've heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which has given me to you, now you see me, I'm the, the picture, now I'm going to give it to you. How do I do that? Verse 3, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery. Again, the mystery of this kept secret now revealed whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which, so if you remove the parenthesis, the end of verse 3 and 4, and take the which and put it on the end of verse 3, mystery, the mystery, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets. How? Paul's drawn a contrast. Here's how I got it, and here's how you're going to get it. I got it directly from the source, the Lord Jesus Christ, personally, directly him. You're going to get it through the work product and the ministry and work of the Holy Spirit. As he works in the writing it down, I wrote a four and a few words. See, see, he got this tremendous going on here. Verse 5, by the way, is what the mystery is. That the, uh, I'm sorry, verse 6, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Verse 9, and to make all men see what is the fellow what is the fellowship of this of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been hidden, God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Come over to Colossians 1. I'm going to take the full five, okay? I got like two and a half. Colossians 1. Look at verse 25. Wherefore I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me. Okay? For you. See, that's just fantastic to fulfill the word of God. Even the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generation, but now is made manifest. Where? To his saints. Not in his saints. To his saints. Why? Paul's the manifestation turns around and gives it back this direction. You see that? So when you come over to 1 Timothy 1, and we're not going to study all the detail here. Again, this is like a three-hour study, just talking about Paul. If you look at verse 16, by the way, verse 13, who is before a blasphemer and persecutor, I'm sorry, persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and unbelief. You go to Matthew chapter 12 and under the Old Testament program, he cannot, he is not eligible for eternal life. He's blasphemed the Spirit. He's doomed. So, what does God have to do? If I'm going to use Saul of Tarsus, I've got to change the program. So he does. Verse 15 this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Chief there isn't he's the worst one. Actually, he's probably the best one in the room. Chief there is that he's the leader. He's leading the rebellion against God's people. Howbeit for this cause, I obtain mercy. Now, watch that where in me first. You see the in me. Now we're back in Galatians 1, 12, and, and 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 so forth. You see that in me. Where does he first show all forth all long suffering and a pa- for a pattern to them? Which notice that Paul's got some things happening to him. the Lord's doing here to do to put it to show it, and he says the first one to do this is me. By the way, just real quickly, he's. He's the first to show, verse 16, uh, mercy. Howbeit, for this cause I obtained mercy. He's the first one that God ever showed mercy in a dispensational manner to a Gentile, a chief of sinners. Then he says the second issue there is long suffering. There's for. Show forth all long suffering. By the way, back up in verse fourteen, here's another one. And the grace of our the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in, now he's showing grace. So the point here, okay, all right, is it's the Paul is demonstrating the historical point in history where God clearly, directly, radically moved away from the Old Testament prof and prophets. And the earthly ministry, and he ushers in. He made some. He ushers in something new, catastrophically new. And he uses Paul to do it. So when we come back to Romans 16, we've got the who, what, where, when. We need to look at verse 26 and by the prophets, and then we'll get the why and the how in verse 27. Okay. All right, I don't mean to shortchange Paul because he's the you know he's key, but I think for most we've got a good idea of that. Watch those two-letter words; they're highly and valuable, and they're very critical. Okay. All right, Heavenly Father, we thank you for the morning, Lord. We thank you for your Word. We thank you for uh, the Apostle Paul and the revelation of the mystery that you gave to him to then give to those that believe. We thank you for that. In your name we pray.